Well, I had an interesting morning. I had an interesting couple weeks, but um, wow, thank you guys. I'll do the other announcements that I was going to have when everyone's here because we're, we're missing a lot of bodies because of uh, Papa's Day. So I know you wouldn't know it. Get wild in here. It's good. We need more wild. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'll, I'll be with you in a second. You know I do. <sighs> so, you know, in thinking of Father's Day, I think in 1995. <laughs> And uh, actually, that's kind of going to be what my, you say, why 1995? I'll explain in a minute. But there was, uh, I think Tuesday night impacted me. And I don't know, you know, some people didn't get affected, other people did. And I just felt like there was such a weighty, heavy glory in this place. And, and uh, what I don't want to do, I like what happened this morning because we're getting more and more loose in what God's going to do. So actually, the, the, what I wanted to speak to you today about is making room for God. Yeah. Making room for Father on Father's Day, yeah. And, and there's something that the Holy Spirit wants to do in all of us. And I just want to keep, I want to keep continually be mindful of what God wants to do in this hour. And, and, and so this morning, I kind of got, I already knew what I was going to speak on, but... Um, I just, this, this scripture's been, you know, kind of whirling around me all week, and it's from Isaiah 64. I'm not even preaching from here. This is just, this is just for free. Um, it's all for free. It's all for free. But Isaiah 64 and verse 3 says, for when you did awesome things that we didn't expect. You came down, and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. And the crazy thing was, I was just searching some things this morning and just revival in Brownsville because I started looking. 1995 is when the Brownsville revival opened up. And I watched the whole service this morning. It was the strangest thing. It shot me back into my old Assembly of God days when we have those songs that, you know, the name of the Lord is a strong time. That's what they sang in revival hit. I'm like, how does God even move in that? <laughs> you know, it's just, but it was the time, right? It wasn't, it, there was nothing extravagant about the, the message that he gave, he shared testimony. But there was one thing that was, we had a pastor that was crying out, God, I want more. And oh God, the groan began to start. And I feel the groan within me, not just today, but the last few weeks and the last few months. And I feel like that's what's coming forth from here. I don't, it, it's, it's, um, <laughs> 
it's Central Intelligence Agency in my house when, when it comes to worship and the word. It's just, there's, we don't go back and forth on what are you going to preach on? What you, we started a little bit back and forth like that. I said, I'm not going to tell you, you're anointed, you know. And so the song, you know, that we started out with was Jesus is preeminent, right? He's the number one. He's the one that we're looking to. So I, I just want to encourage us today. I really feel like we're in a p- place where if we're just sensitive, if we just give God a moment, <laughs> if we just allow the Holy Spirit to, to move and not be rushed, not be pushed, and, and I'm, I'm going to just kind of open some things up because I believe that intimacy is the first place that we find Jesus, right? It's the only place that we find the Lord. It's the only place where revival will spring forth in our hearts. It doesn't matter about methods. It doesn't matter about anything. But I saw one thing on Steve Hill as he began to preach that something in January had happened to him that, went, that six months later, they were, they were holding extended meetings, but when he hit Brownsville, man, it, it wasn't just an extended meeting. It was a move of God that just began to flow and, and touch the earth, touch America, touch all the nations. And so that's one. That's one moment where God came down and moved. But it was, it, for me, on Father's Day, it's like the Father's blessing comes, and we want to behold, we want to give him room. My whole thing is, listen, we have to give Jesus a moment so he can, listen, I just want to encourage you. Most of it is not in what we say. It's in what we receive from him. Yes. <laughs> You'll get that in a minute. It's because we want to talk. We want to pray prayers. We want to pray prayers of revival. And I do believe, I do believe we're to contend for God's move in our lives and, and God to come and, and invade us. I, I, that's the call of I, earlier in this, in this chapter. Oh, Lord, would you come down? The thing is, he's already inside you. He's already here. And and we just need to understand that God just wants to empower us to engage with him in union so that we find the place, the sweet spot. Most of us don't know where the sweet spot in God is. And so I just want you to turn to 2 Kings, and I'm really not going to go far from here. I mean, I'll have some added scriptures in the midst, but 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. And it's a familiar story, but I'm just going to deal with type Types and shadows. Types and shadows. And I want to just look at a few things because I, I really feel like the, the Lord has something to speak to us through this. And uh, verse 8 starts with, Now it happened, on the day, on, it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, and there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there and eat some food. How many like food? (laughs) How many like food in the middle of a fast? Glory. That's why I'm looking up all of the food scriptures. And she said to her husband, look now. I know this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Verse 10 says, please let us make him, let us make an upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. I'm just going to pray, okay? 
Lord, we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And Father, I thank you what you've done here this morning. I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your power. And Lord, we just want to make a room for you. We want to make a place, not only this place, this, this geographic location, but we want to make a place in our hearts today, Father, that you can come and you can rest and you can sit and Lord, you can read a book and you can do whatever you want to do with us. You can begin to speak to us however you want to. And Lord, we want to open ourselves up to that today and the reality of that today. So we just ask Holy Spirit that you, you would just open us up right now. Lord, spirit of wisdom and revelation, we, gra we grab hold of you and we ask that you open us up so that we can see, hear, and understand in Jesus' name. And so I, there's one thing. Everyone in the room say Shunem. Shunem. It was the Shunemite woman that really what I, I, I had this like aha moment. I had an aha moment in the middle of my study. I wasn't even looking at this. I wasn't even looking at the Shunemite, but I realized it's the same word for Shulamite. And you say, how's that? We'll go look it up with the scholars and they'll try to unexplain it or explain it or whatever they can explain. They don't have an explanation, but they believe that the woman in, in Song of Solomon, which is the bride, hello, everyone say the bride. The bride. Yeah, she's the bride. And I want you to see the, the types that we have here. The type is the Shunammite woman that makes a place for Jesus to come. Yes. And, he, and she wants to make him really comfortable so that he'll stay. And it's not just about us having a moment with the Lord and he comes and visits. I don't want him to visit. I want him to stay. You don't want him to come and visit you. You want to live a life filled with him, filled with his strength, filled with his power. And he wants to open things up to you so that we step and we, we step into this. So it, it really is this same type because it's not exactly that woman. Hello, somebody, you know this, right? It's not speaking of that woman specifically, but Solomon actually was wanting this woman, the Shulamite, to be his bride. And so it was that same place. It says in Solomon, uh, Song of Solomon 6.13, it says, return, return, O Shulamite, return that we may look upon you, what would you see in the Shulamite? As it were, the dance of two camps. And actually that word for dance of two camps is the same word, Mahaniem. Remember that word? That comes from Jacob coming to the place where he meets the Lord and the Lord comes down and Jacob's ladder happens. It's the place where angels encamp. It's the place where two worlds collide. And I, I want to I just, just present to you today that two worlds are colliding even in this place. I will prophesy this until I see the full manifestation of it, that the, the two worlds of the spirit and the earth are colliding as one in one place so that we would see him in all his glory and all his power. And there will be a people that will be filled with who he is and will be divinely inspired to make room for him to come in this hour. And, and there's just, listen, you can go into here. You have ravished my heart. This is the Shulamite woman, her, 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 her voice to the, to the bride 
groom, is that you have ravished my heart, that I don't want to miss you, right? That the voice of my beloved says, he knocks and opens to me, my dove, my perfect one, and my head is covered with dew. It's the anointing that draws us to the Lord. It's the anointing that is on the Lord that's being, that we are drawn into in this hour. And I'm telling you today, so we just want to just look at these, these different parts. It, you know, it's, it's furniture, we're just going to talk about furniture today. But it has specific implications. That the Holy Spirit wants us to, to come into the first place, and that is the place of intimacy. That's the bed. And uh, I'm not going to get into a whole lot about the bedroom. I can, I can remember I had that dream of Catherine Kuhlman, and when I, it was like real is real, and and when I first engaged in the dream, I was in the bedroom with Catherine Kuhlman, and the whole, it was speaking of the Holy Spirit in intimacy. And so I, I, I say this to you right now, that intimacy comes and invades our, our lives in a deeper way as we surrender. I just want to talk about surrender because striving won't get us anywhere, but surrender will. And, and I want to talk about, for a moment, the Holy Spirit and his there's a difference between meeting the person of the Holy Spirit and dealing with the process of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, there's two different things, right? When we meet Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to us and we meet the person of Jesus. But how many know I can be in a relationship but not be in intimacy? I'll say that again. How many know that I can be in the same room with someone and have a relationship, but not have intimacy. And the Lord is calling the church to this place where we walk and we live out of this beautiful place of intimacy. So he wants to invade our lives. And, and listen, there's, a there's so much about us being stiff-necked and unteachable and allowing the Lord to come in and invade us so that we're soft and pliable and that we don't, there's nothing that keeps us rigid <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, don't be rigid. We have these, we have these areas in our lives that are unbendable. Oh, I'm, I'm going after a couple things today. The unbendables. I know I wrote a book on unshakable. Maybe one of the chapters should have been unbendable. The reality is everyone in this room, including me, I'm going to preach to myself too today, okay? Like I do every week. The reality is I get in places like I get really quirky about certain things. Hello. Anyone in the room get quirky? Come on, everyone raise your hands. I know. And I feel like the older you get, the more quirky you get. Oh, I'm telling you, some of you got real problems because you're already quirky and you're young, you know? So we got to get a hold of this now because the quirks, the quirk is where God can't work. Oh, it rhymed. Oh, that was, that was just anointing inspired right there. The quirk is where God can't work, right? He can't work in that. And the Holy Spirit wants us not to be so quirky. He can't get in our, in our stuff. Right? I've got certain things I've got to do during the day. What if God interrupts that? What if we have a pattern of things that we do in worship 
and, and in preaching and, and in a prayer, prayer set, right? It's not, and, and again, I want there to be a free flow. I'm asking the Lord. And I, honestly, I sat over there with my head down low behind the chair on Tuesday night, and I heard the Lord say this. He said, I'm, I'm coming, son. This is what you've asked for. Are you ready? And I felt like, oh, no, I was going to cry. And you know, there's so many strange things that happened to me this week. Even in the testimony of Steve Hill, when, 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 uh, when John Kilpatrick was up there and he was introducing him, and he said, this is Steve Hill. He said, he's been here before. And he said, but for some reason, when I talked to him this week or two weeks ago, I, I just felt urgent to get him here. And he said, when I was on the phone with him, I got hit with the Holy Spirit. That never happens. Can I tell you what happened to me when I was, and I, I, it may be coincidence. It may be absolutely a coincidence. But when I talked to Pastor Todd Smith on the phone, he called me. He was given my number and he called me and said, I want to come. And as he began to share just a couple things, I'm in the cab of my truck and I start getting overwhelmed with the Holy Ghost. I don't, listen, I know, I know you think I'm a weird Holy Ghost person. No. It's okay if you do, I don't really care. No. Yeah, I don't care. But the reality was I got hit with the power of God in the, in, in the cab of the truck and I'm driving home and I'm having a conversation and I said to him, I go, Pastor, I don't know what's going on, but I feel the presence of God while I'm talking to you. And he says, I don't know, that usually doesn't happen to me either, but I feel the same thing here. And he said, so we're going to expect God to really move and really pour out when I come. And so even when he called me in the last, the last time, he said, I'm so expecting. We have not been to New England. He said, I'm expecting God to break out in ways we haven't seen. And so they've seen miraculous things happen, but it's not about the miracles. I want God. And I know when God shows up, that the Holy Spirit will come and he'll heal every disease. He'll take, every, take care of every one of our quirks. He'll get us free from ourselves and we'll be set free and delivered to walk in the, in the fullness of what he's called us to. So maybe I want to believe because that scripture I just read to you out of Isaiah 64 is truly when I put up the Brownsville revival, it was two hours. It was two hours of preaching. Well, preaching and ministry. But that scripture came up on the screen. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I want to be in trouble. Come on, I want to be in a place where God comes and we're all in trouble. <laughs> Don't you want to be in a place where the Holy Spirit comes to you and invades you? And, and there, here's the quirks we need to get over. He wants your time. Intimacy and relationship are two things. And, and we need to close. Ready? See this thing? There's a big door of distraction. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to prophesy over you right now that you're going to close every door of distraction. Some of it's not even that. Some of it's that quirky stuff I told you about. Some of it's our, our, our daily stuff that we do and that we have systems and patterns that the Lord wants into 
And he wants us not to just forget our lives and not do the things that we're supposed to do. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about messing up our theology, messing up the way we think about things, messing up with things that we've known and we've been told year after year. We've learned in our professions, every profession, not just one, every profession. And God wants to come in and he wants to say, listen, do not think anymore with, with the mind of the carnal mind, man. But he wants you to think like a spiritual man and be ready and open to what he wants to do at any given moment. And, and I really believe that he wants, listen, there's a place where he wants to come in. He wants to take over. He wants us to close the door to every distraction. So ready? You're going to agree with me right now. I'm going to pray. And, and it can happen. There's, there's so many things that are screaming for our attention that are not the Lord. There are so many things. So, Father, we ask right now that you would just close the door on every bit of distraction. Lord, we want to be open wide to what you want to do right now. We want to be open wide to the things of heaven. We want to be open wide to, the, to a move of the, your spirit in our lives personally. Lord, I declare revival, personal revival on every person in this place. Every person who will be listening online or watching online. Father, we thank you that you want to release that to us, Lord. We, don't, we, we want to be in that place, Lord, where Obed-Edom was, where the blessing, where the presence was. Lord, we want the bread of your presence. We want the place of your presence. We want to live in your presence. And we want to move out. We want to close off every other thing that is not of your presence. We want your divine nature to be completely overtaking us. And Lord, we thank you for it right now. We just receive it by your spirit in Jesus' name. See, there's, you know, remember in 2 Kings, it's just a few verses later, right? Or actually before, it says, remember the widow, he told the widow to go gather vessels, right? Go gather vessels. And in verse 4, it says, when, when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you. When you gather the vessels, the place where I want to pour my glory, you gather the things, you, you put in place those things where you want the oil to flow into, and you close the door. You close the door. You close the door on those things. And remember in, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, he says, go into, your, into the secret place where only your father knows. And he says this, thing, when you go into that place, shut the door. Oh. Some of you need to shut the back door. Some of you need to shut the front door. But whatever it is, wherever it is, you need to shut the door. Shut the door on negativity. Shut the door on criticism. Shut the door on the ways that don't line up with your ways because God is not your way. He doesn't. <laughs> he is not your way. He is his way. He is Yahweh. He is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he doesn't do things according to the way you think. But he does things the way he wants to. His divine nature is being given to you in this hour, and he wants to pour it out. So don't think it's going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. You need to shut the door to that thinking. Yeah, when, when, when we open doors, right? God wants us to shut the doors and listen. Ready? We're going to listen. <laughs> Broken, when focus is broken, your doors of unhealthy desire are open. Say that 
when you're when you are in, when focus is broken, there are unhealthy doors that are open. There are distracted things, things that pull you away from what God wants for you. And closeness, ready? You're going to get free on some of this. Closeness comes by waiting, not by warring. Oh, that's almost a Bill Johnson. Closeness comes by waiting and not warring. I know I spoke about spiritual warfare and strongholds last week, but I promise you, if you wait before the Lord, if you allow him to speak, you'll see things. And stillness, I'll just say this, ready? Young men and old men and women, we'll put the women in there. Be still more than you speak. I'm talking about our prayer times. I'm talking about sometimes that we need to get our, our stuff across to, to the Lord. You think the Lord doesn't know what your prayer needs are. Of course he does. He wants to take care of those things, but he's looking to speak to you in the stillness. In stillness, stillness and, and silence makes room for the presence of God to roll in on our situation. Stillness and the silence. So your soul is not restored by 4G. Okay, it's definitely not restored by 5G. Stillness restores your soul. And your soul is restored in silence. And so the Lord is looking for a church not to be silent this way to the things that are going on out in the earth, but to be silent before him because a lot of us are shooting our mouths off and we didn't hear from the Lord. A lot of us are taking action because we're impulsive and we don't wait on the Lord's direction. A lot of us do things and move ourselves towards things because we haven't heard clearly because we haven't waited. So I want you to see that the Lord is totally on silence, meditation, intimacy comes through this place. The Lord is all over it when we wait and we rest. And so so confession, that's what I was going to say. Because how many have ever tried to confess and declare things into order? I have. I'll just talk to myself. I've tried to confess and declare things into perfect order. And the Lord said, is it a prophetic unction? Did it come from me or did it come from... You know, we can read the Bible and it not be a prophetic unction. Hello. Oh, come on. Don't trip over that. Somebody's like, wait, what's he saying? When I'm, I'm saying that because the anointed word, the rhema word, is different than the logos word. And the logos word, when, it's, when the wind of God blows on it, on your life, then it's activated. Then it moves into something that will powerfully move something in your life. But until then, a perfect confession, it'll work, maybe. I just feel like this is, this is my view. All right, I'll go with it as my view. 
I believe that when the Lord comes, when he begins to speak, one word from the Lord can change everything in my life. Am I saying that the word of God has no... No, it will return void. It can bounce off of people's heads hundreds of times, and finally somewhere it will sink in because it's, it, was, it was heard by their ears. It was, they saw it with their eyes. Something will happen. But I'm telling you, when we get a word from the Lord, when God speaks to us in the quiet, in the secret place, in the place of intimacy, in the place of intimacy in the place of quietness, in the place of closeness. I can be in the room, and me and my wife can be on two corners of the bed. I'm going to make it graphic, but nothing's happening. There's no babies happening. Oh, I'm just, come on. There's no intimacy. I can be in one place, and she can be in another. There's no intimacy. There's just relationship. We're just talking to each other. But I tell you right now, God will birth things in the place of intimacy. God will bring forth a seed that will be fertilized in the place of intimacy. I'm telling you, God is looking for a people that will come. And just as, just as we read the book of the Song of Solomons, and some of the guys are like, man, I'm not there. But you need to be there because you are the bride of Christ. And, and Jesus does want to have an intimate life with you that is filled with passion and filled with power. And you just, you're just swoon and wooed by him. You, you, he's the one that you, just, you can't get enough of. He should be the only one that's in the focus of your eye. He's the only one. Okay, enough of that G-rated intimacy stuff. Okay? I just want to talk to you too about, ready? So that's, that's the, the bed. It's called the intimate place because Elisha is Jesus. And here, you know, <laughs> oh, God wants us to confess with a prophetic unction. The chair represents what? Our union with the Lord, because what? We are seated with him. I'm going to read you a couple different versions out of Ephesians, but Ephesians 1 says this in verse 20. Ephesians 1 and verse 20 says, which he worked in Christ. Ready? I'll read 19. What, it, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us? Say towards you. Look at your neighbor. Say towards you. Right? Who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So there's, there's actually three words moving at that time. The seed and greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. There's like three power words there. It, and if you start to dissect that, which I don't want to do that right now, it's, there is so much juice on the power of God that's coming towards you. You have no idea. You have no idea. But God wants to inject you with that. Why? Because you are actually in verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the the dead and seated him at the right, right hand of the Father in heavenly places, right? So you're seated with him. And then we're going to go to Ephesians real quick, chapter 2. I'm just going to read it out of the New English Bible, which you're not going to find in your Bible app. It said, by God in his rich mercy, for the great love he bore us. Come on, for his great love he bore us. This is... <laughs> And brought to us life with Christ, even when we were dead to our sins. It is by his grace we are saved, and in union with Jesus Christ, he raises us up, he raised us up, and enthroned us with him in heavenly realms. So that we, he might display in, in the ages to come 
how immense are the resources of his grace. Oh, come on, somebody. And how great his kindness is to us in Jesus Christ. Listen, that is powerful. There's something I want you to see because it speaks of our relationship with the Lord. Listen, I thought that the bed was powerful. Here we go. You're seated with Christ now. You're seated in heavenly places. There's so much dominion on your life. You have no idea. You have no revelation. That's why we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon us. I'm telling you, he, he, br he brought us, meaning that we share in, his, in Christ's life. He brought us. Ready? Go back there. Go back there. He brought us to life with Christ. He brought us by that to his life. You share in the life of Christ. It does make me want to shout and do a Pentecostal dance. It does because my life is in him. It's already in him because why? Because of the union that God is about to that he's already released on my life because of the cross, because he, he went to hell, took the keys, said he's free, she's free, everyone's free, I'm taking it, and, he's, and, he, and he released for you a life that he bought you by that brought you into him. Oh, if the church would just get a hold of that, we'd be, it'd be lights out, like it's over, right? And then, it's, then it says this, that... It says, and in union with Christ, Jesus, he raised us up. That means we share in his resurrection. He is the resurrection in the life. But I'm telling you this afternoon that you are already living in resurrection life. You're already there. You're already in that place where the resurrection life is flowing in your life. You're already there. And we, we share in that. We live in that. You, you, you were born into it because you're born again. And then that last part, and he enthroned us with him in heavenly realms. And that has to do all with authority. We share in what? His authority. So that means when I go and I stomp on the devil's neck, he can't get up and bite me. Because I've been given authority. Yes. It means that actually Jesus already did it and he crushed the head of the serpent. But we won't see the finale of it till he's locked up and thrown away and the key's gone and he's done. Right? The finale. But we live in the tension of the authority because he's given you all authority. And you're seated with him and you have a chair, and you're making a room that he'll come and stay, and he'll sit there, and he'll live with you, and, and your life will be realized, you will realize in your life that you are seated with him, that he's seated right on your life, right in your house. Oh, come on. This is the house. This is the glory. This is where the glory's going. It's going in the house. And so in all that, we know that we're co-heirs with him. We're, he, we, we don't have to labor because I'm already co-laboring with him. If I hear, go back to intimacy. If I go back to intimacy, I hear from heaven. I co-labor with him. That means nothing. I have heavenly strategies. Remember last week? Heavenly strategies. I have strategies. I have strategies. Why? Because I've waited for the Lord and he's given me strategies to break through and break out. 
And then, and then we see the harvest come in, in every part of our lives. That God begins to multiply. Thank you for the multiplication prayer today. I believe that God's going to multiply things. I believe he's going to overcome things because of multiplication in the church, not because of even bodies, but because of what God multiplies in people that will, bring, can, that will contend against the kingdom of darkness and will see the light burst forth. Right? So we have the bed, we have the chair, and we have the table. And the primary purpose of the table was to hold, was to carry the bread of his presence. It was literally the bread of his face. Oh, come on. Don't you want to be face to face with the Lord? Don't you want to have a place where, where the, the glory of God, where his presence, where it's the fullness of who he is, where the very countenance of God is? That is what we want. We want the countenance of God to shine on us wherever we are. We want him to come and, and, and just overtake us. So every Sabbath, ready, we'll go back to, the, it goes all the way back to the beginning, right? We're going Old Testament Leviticus. <laughs> but, but the priests would come and they would replace the loaves and they would, from the previous week, and there would be what? Fresh bread. Everyone say fresh bread. And so at the table, it's not only just the, the presence of the Lord, but we come to the table and we get to eat with him and we get to partake of him and we get, get to eat yummy, yummy with Jesus in my tummy. I'm telling you, I need Jesus Christ in a, such a way that his life is beginning to manifest in me in such a way. I'm telling you, he's drawing the body of Christ. He's drawing this church. He's drawing New England into this fullness that we see at the table. And so it's more than you just get your daily bread. No, it's the table that he made for me, even in the presence of my enemies. Even when there's traitors across the other side of the table, you still have the table and it's filled and you can drink and you can eat and nothing shall by any means harm you because your enemies can't even poison your food because you're at the table with the Lord. Oh, come on. You're not going to eat bitter things anymore that make you bitter inside. You're going to eat of the goodness of the land of the living. I'm telling you, you're going to eat of the place where God lives and abides. The table, it speaks of provision. Oh, come on. It, it, it speaks of provision that there'll be no lack. We're good stewards with what God gives us, but there will be no lack. And so when there's no lack and God is providing, whoa. Because God lacks nothing. He lacks no good thing. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells me that he wants to give me good gifts. The Bible says to me that he wants to fill, my, he wants to fill me up. He wants to give me an abundance. He wants to do that. I'm not, this is not about prosperity even, but it's prosperity of soul that he's trying to fill in us. And the, and the desire of all nations living inside of you that everyone wants what you have because they're jealous, because there's a zealous God that lives inside of you. Oh, I might have my preach on today. And again, the second thing, it, 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 all over, it all overlaps. The table is the place of intimacy. Listen, when I, when I went to 
every place, every nation that I went, even, even in America, but every place that you go when you travel, right, when you go. I remember in the Philippines, it was always the table, but I remember more so at the, at, with the Ukrainians. For some reason, it was like the table was everything. I mean, it was just, I would go and we would eat borscht. But I could remember the table being the place where I really got to know people, where, the, where all, everything, everything that would block you away. Remember, I said there's a difference between, you know, relationship and closeness. Ready? So there's a place where God wants to bring you to the table where everything's dropped down because at the table we get to relax, we get full, we get happy, we get, you know, you just get, you just get happy. How many are happy when they eat? Yeah, all right, let's not talk about food anymore. <laughs> Holy Spirit wants us to be in this place where we're devouring and we're eating together and we're, lo- and we're, and we're connecting with one another. Ready? It goes to the Lord, but it comes to us as well. Right? Because you're not going to connect with one another unless you begin to fellowship with one another. We're not going to connect as the body of Christ until we begin to come to the table together. We're not going to be able to connect uh, in, in such a way when, until, until you step into the place where God just begins to just minister back and forth because people's lives are important to one another. Amen? Amen. So, and it also, we, we talked about the Lord's table a bit. But when we came, come to the communion table, that's the place where, where everything is real. You, you are freed from everything. It's the communion table where he said, I'm giving my life for you, and I want you to remember. And we can come to the table and remember what God has done. We can come to the table and have stories about what the Holy Spirit's doing. We can come to the table and see what he's doing in, in our lives in this, in this hour and, and how that's going to grow and how that's going to increase. And so it's the covenant meal. Everyone say covenant meal. And so it's so important because it's this, I will die for you. I will live with you, but I will die so that you will live. Ah. <laughs> oh, come on, this will test. This, the table is a place of testing because can we come to the table with one another and say, listen, I will, I will walk with you and I will, I will run with you. And because in the body of Christ, it's more important than anything. Hear me, hear me. That we come to the table. Americans, we don't have this understanding. That we come to the table and we can drop everything down and say, I will walk, I will run with you. Jesus did it, I know. I'm saying, I'm talking about an intimate relationship with one another where we trust one another with our back. We trust one another in front of us. We trust one another in such a way that there's such a a brotherhood, uh, such a a union in the body of Christ that there's nothing that can come in and sever. It's covenant. It's not weird covenant. It's true covenant. Okay, and then we have the lampstand. I'm just going to end on the lampstand here, but the Hebrew word for lampstand is menorah, right? We remember the seven spirits burning, right? Derived from the, actually the, the word, the lampstand means the flame. And the flame of God is inside of you, but it, it gives light. In the Old Testament, the lamp gave light to the priesthood. In the Old Testament, 
the type of the, the lamp is a type of the burning flame of God, right? But it's the continuous nature of the burning. And it symbolizes God's giving an everlasting light, a living light to his people. Remember, Job said, he said that the Lord's lamp shone over his head. And when by his light, I walked through darkness. His feet were bathed with cream, but the lamp of God was over him, guiding him and showing him. And so Matthew tells us all, all the, you, you guys know these scriptures. I'm just hitting them quick, right? But the wise look, they took the oil and they took their vessels to their lamps. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 44. The wise took their oil with their lamps. The burning flame of God, <laughs> the burning flame of God inside of you living is essential for your walk with the Lord. Not a dim, murky, dirty flame. Not a flame that might be almost snuffed out, but burning white hot. And the Lord is looking for the church that's burning white hot. Burning in this place. It said this at the Psalm 132 and verse 17 and 18 said, There I will make the horn of David grow. And when it says the horn, it says the government. There I will make the government of David, the, the kingship, the rulership of heaven. David is the, the type of Jesus, right? Grow and I will prepare a lamp for my anointed. His enemies will be clothed with shame, but upon him... His crown shall flourish. And God is putting us in this position to allow the light and the lamp of God to come and burn brightly on our lives. Listen, you've been given. I just, I just went through all these things. I just want you to look at the results of these, these things in Scripture where it is in context, right? The Holy Spirit comes and he comes to, to on Elisha, and he brings, listen, he bursts forth the son. Because the widow, the Shunammite, was asking, she said, in her heart, she wanted a son. In her heart, she wanted a baby. She wanted a son. And we see two things happen here. We see the... the we see Elisha say, prophesy, say, this time next year you will have a son. And then within the same moment that she has a son, the, ba the, the son dies in an accident. And we see that the Lord has come, that Elisha comes back and raises the boy from the dead. There's, a, there's an outpouring of God's spirit that's coming to the body of Christ. Where when we are in an intimate place... We're able to bring forth those things that be not as though they were. We're able to bring forth because the burning, shining lamp of God's inside of us, because of the intimacy of God inside of us, because of the closeness that we've, we've received from the table, because of all these things, we've entered and engaged with the Lord in such a way, and we produce the seed of God. I'm telling you, God is about to birth forth something that we've not seen before. 
and, and some of you have seen promises come to life, but I say it's not just even, I've seen, we've seen uh, portions of, of a revival and resurrection, and we've seen things God has done in, pa- in past times, and I'm telling you, we're in that place where God is about to resurrect the revival spirit in America. He's about to release the power of God in America, and it will be a restoration of all that we've seen him do in, in many generations. And I say that to you to say, listen, we need to make room for the Holy Spirit to come. We need to make room. We need to build a place in our hearts and in this place where the, where the Lord of glory, where the King of glory can come and he can sit down and he can sit in a chair and he would have a chair here and he would have a chair next to you and he would have a chair at your house and he would have a bed at your house and he had a place to stay every place that he goes as he begins to come in. And I'm saying this because I, I just feel so, so, I was almost convicted on Tuesday night. Like we shut it down and I missed it. I was almost like, God, I felt like, what is happening? And it's no one's, no one's, no one's fault. I'm the, I'm the pastor. I could get up and do whatever I want. <laughs> so it's no, it's no one, but I, I can taste it. I can feel the groan within I can feel the the movement of the Holy Spirit. I can sense God's about to burst forth. And what I'm saying to you in this place, what I'm saying to people that are listening online, maybe they'll listen to it later. Maybe I'll tell everyone that missed last week they need to listen to last week's message. Whatever it is, I'm telling you God is looking for us to make a room for the Father. Make room for God to work in your life. Make room. Don't rush into things that are going to send you off. Don't, I don't want to rush into something because it looks like, oh, that's God. I don't want to even want to rush it, but I'm not going to be cautious either. I'm not going to have my mind say, oh, that's not God. Why would, why would I get prayer? Because I've been prayed for before and nothing's happened. Listen. Oh, I think I need you. want to make a place where he comes. I don't want to miss it. I was watching, it's funny, I'm watching the service. (laughs) I had church before church. I'm watching the service, Brownsville, first day, Father's Day, the day it broke out. I watched John Kilpatrick get his hands laid, get laid, hands laid on him, and he tried to recover. Well, that didn't work. He was laid out. And the testimony later is that he had to, like, wave his son over with his pinky to just get a little bit of water on his lips because he was done. Three hours on the ground. But here was the deal. I'm not trying to reproduce the old. God's not trying to reproduce the old. I believe God wants to release a fresh move. I believe he wants to do it on every young person. I, want to, I believe he wants to do it on every older person. I believe he wants to do it on every person. He wants to release 
his power and his spirit. And if we just give him room, if we would just give him room, which I believe we are, I believe I'm in the right place. <laughs> I believe I'm with the right people. That's what I believe. I believe I'm with the right people. I'm, not, I'm just encouraging you today because I do believe I'm in the right place in the right time, in the right season. I believe that. And could it be next week? I don't know. Could it come after that? Maybe. Could it come now? I don't know. But I just want to be open to what God wants to do and when he wants to do it. And I don't want to make it be next week, this week. I don't want to have a timetable. I don't want to have perimeters. I want to allow him to come and do what he wants to do, however he wants to do it. And the crazy thing was, it wasn't by any super sermon. I listened to the sermon. It was good. Testimonies were good. It's because there was a hungry people. And even at the altar call, Steve Hill is like ripping it up and trying to get people to come to the altar and no one's moving. I'm like, oh, he's persistent, man. And then when he said, everyone that wants a touch, come forward. Whoosh. They all came forward. I say that because I'm going to say the same thing today. Not to reproduce it, but to say, God, we, we just, we want more. Because that's the whole thing. I want more. And just as much as I desire, you want more. I want more. I want to give him room. Listen, when we have 28 people in a prayer meeting in a church this size, this size that's revival. I'm sorry. It, it's a sign of revival. Because we had a hungry group. And it was happening. I could sense it in the atmosphere. And some of you may say, well, I didn't sense a thing. Well, that's okay. Because we're not all going to feel the same thing at the same time. It's just not, it's not going to happen. Right? It's not going to happen. It's going to be the Lord coming down and the Lord overtaking us and us just be like, God, come. And John Kilpatrick's heart was, God, we need more. And Steve Hill's cry was, God wants to release more. And he went there and he showed up and they were supposed to have two services. How many know it didn't end for like three years? It just kept going. And they were waiting out in the parking lot for hours, days, tented out. Hours and days. Because God was moving and he was doing not so many miraculous things. No, that happened on the second tour, Kilpatrick's second tour. I'm going to try and get him here. I promise you, that's what I want. I want to see, because I want a guy that's done it. And if he's been in two, and the second one, with the miracles were just amped up. Amped up. Cripples getting out of wheelchairs. I want the signs and wonders. I want all of God. I want all God and I want the signs and wonders. I want it all. And God wants to give it all. It's just, what does it look like here and now? It's more than just an All Saints movement. No, I'm serious. I'm good. I want to activate the body of Christ. It's more than that. It's about God coming and showing up, like rolling in and overtaking us. Come on, stand. I'm going to pray.
Come on, just lift your hands to heaven. It's good.